Hello, what's the crack? You're very welcome to What's the Bars, the spectacular Halloween podcast from the Dairy News and our online platform, Dairy Now. I'm Catherine McGinty and today I'm chatting to our guests about all things dairy and all things Halloween. First up, we have Seamus Breslin and Trevor Temple who run the History from Headstones tours of the City Cemetery. And for the fortnight that's in it, Seamus and Trevor are given Halloween tours of the cemetery. In What's the Bars today, we'll hear about Derry's macabre history and some inexplicable incidents. So, you are um, the founder of Friends of Derry City Cemetery. Seamus, tell us a wee bit about that. Well, for... Many years, me and Trevor were involved in the World War One project here in Derry, and uh, there was a lot of publications, exhibitions on it. But anyway, and we seem to spend a lot of time up in the cemetery because there's a lot of World War One stories up there. And it's very funny anyway, because Trevor's in the fountain, the cemetery's up in the Craig and Bog side, and when I started first collecting them, he used to shovel down as we were passing the box. Exaggerates, you know. <laughs> How did you meet? How did you meet each other then? How did Just you through the first world war? The first world and then war. we were up in the cemetery that often, and we're both passionate about history. <laughs> and the, well, as the first world war project was winding down, and people were starting to lose interest, the last veterans were moving away. There was a huge outbreak of vandalism in the cemetery. They destroyed the local media up, and they thought it was sectarian, which it wasn't. They had just destroyed the whole way down, Cross and Calgary, whatever. And then we took them down and showed them down with the old tombstones as and what we would call the Victorian Edwardian section was getting used as drinking and drugs and they were actually using the top of the tombs as a dance floor Aye. and that and setting off fireworks and we had done some research mm-hmm. and the research indicated that the solution to that elsewhere wasn't bringing in local security firms with guard dogs and all this and that the solution was getting the community back involved and in, 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 uh, uh, back in the cemetery and young people visiting and tours and information and treating it as the historical gem and uh, uh, the place of uh, solace and comfort for the bereaved as well and all that. We're going eight years now and when we got burned out of them tombs it was covered in drug paraphernalia, excrement even because they all feed the toilet when they're drinking and all that and the place now is back to the respectful deferential place that it should be and it's not just us but the, the whole community should be congratulated on that. But uh, it's back there. And what about the tours then? So you're running tours, especially We're for Halloween. Are they different from the normal tours that you do? Uh, well, I'll tell you, we've been doing tours eight, eight years and then you had the pandemic. Yes. Somebody suggested, we were trying to avoid it, but somebody suggested us that Halloween tours are very popular elsewhere. Yes, yes. And we were very reticent about it because people grieving it's still a work. And we're, my so, mommy and so my mother and father and all my relatives are but, but uh, someone said, why don't you give it a try and see what happens? And I said, so, right, we'll stick just to the, we'll stick just probably mostly to the Edwardian Victorian section, which is very, very historic, very, 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 very uh, uh, twilight. It's very <laughs> creepy and gloomy. And, uh, and, and, uh, and we tried it, and hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the world were presented themselves open. It was that, uh, there was that large. Uh, groups from all over the world that we actually had to split the tours and trips the tours in two. When did that start then, the Halloween tours? It was about four years ago and then the pandemic came along and knocked us back and then we started again and last year 
One of hers and one of these was 90 people turned up. We had to split them up into three groups. And so have you started again this year? So we've put it up that it is this year and see how it goes and see how they turn up at everybody. And uh, self-praise is no praise. So if you go on TripAdvisor, and we're only a new, we're only a new venture. Uh -huh. You want TripAdvisor, we are number nine of 120 things to do in Derry. At Halloween? At, not just at Halloween, but in Derry when you visit Derry. So a lot of them's Halloween, but the reviews from people all over the world are saying fantastic history, fantastic Hi. place. It's the view as well, you see. Yes. It's on a hillside, and, and then the tombs, and then the empire, and then the wildlife as well. And I'll tell you better again, we went up and we had a wee project on it, me and Gavin Patton, who makes films. You go on YouTube and type on Derry City Cemetery, you can see our tour online. But we went up at 12 o'clock midnight. Right. We had to do something on the dirt. Right. And uh, the bats were all flying about, and the rabbits, and the, the badgers, and the foxes, and everything, all these strange things. <laughs> we were, we, we tried to get out as quick as possible. Right. But at the same time, there was a wild calm feeling about it, you know, it felt more, it felt, it felt so more content and mm -hmm. relaxed and standing there in the silence and the darkness than you would have maybe down in Waterloo Street with people coming out of alleyways, drunk and all things like that. Are there any stories then to do with the, the cemetery? Give us a, tell us a couple of the stories then. Um, there's one of the famous stories that's down there. There was a wee girl lost her whole family and, and people in the old days in the Lumber Road said that they could hear her wailing and walking along at night outside the cemetery and right. they heard the noises. Right. And uh, you've got uh, adjacent to the cemetery, you've got what's called the Foyle Hill Fever Hospital. Yes. So you have to remember the cemetery was actually sited where it was sited. They took the smells and the diseases were getting transmitted by smell miasma and stick it as far away from the people as what you can so out at the end of the lone moor road yeah yeah where there was the last path out of the city yes at the cemetery or there at the fever hospital as well our family loved in the 1950s had squatted on with hundreds of dollars the fever hospital i wasn't born there my older brothers were born there eddie doogie he's a famous singer here in the town mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they tell me that what a place to be living in as a child, the fever hospital in Foyle Hall. You looked out the window and it was the cemetery. Aye. There was no street lighting. Aye. You had down the road, you had the coach, the, the headless coachman on the coach road. Where was that? What was that? Southway coming up to Craig and past the cemetery. It's is called the a, coach road. And is there a headless coachman there? The headless coachman comes up and down and many as a person is more the same. And then past the headless coachman, you have what's called the nun's walk. Right. Where nuns are supposed to be. Where's that? Down. Where's that? Oh, over Southway, at, uh, leading up on the Craig and Foyle Hall, the cemetery. So you have the cemetery, you have the Fever Hospital. Now they're telling me in the Fever Hospital, he swears they sing uh, as, a, as a boy when uh, all the families loved on him. The matron committed suicide on him by throwing herself off a balcony and they, they said they were wakened at four in the morning and all they hear was, ah! Is this Dougie, your brother Dougie? Dougie and our Dougie Aye. and our Eddie. They'll tell you, they swear by it. Aye. But then there was no street lightings up there, because no. it was a pretty dark place. And then it was all dark except for lamps up there, families loving. My mother's sister actually loved at the same time in Springtown Camp. Right. And they regarded Springtown Camp as paradise compared to Floyd Hall Fever. Is that Hall. right? Hmm? Aye, so what other stories would you tell people that come on your tour then? What's this about the spooky aye, aye. tree? The spooky the, the tree? Spooky, well, you have the devil's tree up there, look. See it there, look. Aye. Where's it that? Actually, it actually now has been toppled. It was actually an inverted willow. Right. Wh what they're saying is, is that the way it should grow underneath with all them roots. Right. It actually grew up 
but the uh, the storm brought it down recently, but it's quite famous in Derry. Ah, well tell us. The spooky tree, the ah. devil's tree, people call it. So who did you meet there? Well, people were saying that this, the devil jumped up out and all behind them and all scared you. It was actually a popular meeting spot for if you're having a dip, you know, down in Dublin, they say, meet me on their uh, Cleary's Clock, and they'll meet you up at the spooky tree in there. Whereabouts in the cemetery was the spooky Just tree? halfway in between it. It's quite famous. I'd be very surprised. I'm surprised you don't know about it. Aye, no, I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in telling, letting people who are listening know where it is. So whereabouts, if you were coming up from the Lowmore Road, where would it be? It's not there anymore, no, but there's a replacement uh, there, so the replacement won't be as big as that one. Aye. We all know well, know well until long after I'll be gone, but right. anyway, it, it will be there, there will be a replacement. We were hoping they keep it for, they make a, a feature out of it, Aye. and, and uh, I don't know. And when did it get tumbled? Storm there, but two years ago, a storm Aye. brought it down, and people were coming up to take seven years of it. Is that right? People were making pens out of it, you know, just Aye. like the, the dark ages up, at, up in the Game of Thrones. And, uh, but it really was spooky, as you can see there. Aye. So people are loving these tours, are they? Oh, yeah. From all over? Is it from our, our, our standard, the tour that we've been on it is very serious history, a look at our, our uh, history heritage, because every stone has a story. Aye. But, at Halloween, whenever we reach away from the modern grieving period where my family's buried and, they, and, and uh, once we get into the old part we can sort of lighten up a bit mm -hmm. and uh, there's actually uh, tombs down there where the air vents have been broken and people were sticking in their, uh, their uh, you know, the camera with what do you call that thing? The, the, selfie? The, the selfie uh, stick? And then, but it's covered in, because of the vandalism that was there, it's co the, the, it's well disrespectful, but the tunes inside are, it's got lots of vodka bottles and beer cans around with people throwing them. Would people be in those tombs? Would they, would they be in coffins? Oh, aye. And would they still be there? Oh, aye. This, there was one buried not that long ago. was uh, famous the ghost stories from the half home with Nup. Aye. In the Von Schieflin Knox. Right. As I said, he was brought back from Germany. So the Von Schieflin Knox one was up there. And uh, the people there tell me... Before he died, he would regularly send them his wreaths to lay at, his, at the, the tomb and would send them a, a, a Black Forest get home cake as well for themselves. They loved that. But uh, them tombs are there. And so, can you, would, there, would those coffins be decomposed now? No, you think it's, if you stick yourself a stick on, you can see, but you can't see bones and things. It's just a bad thing. But that's the old section. And has nobody ever, has anybody ever gone in there, like archaeologists or anything? Or are well, they, they're are they still sealed? You can still use them. I mean, if I know, remember the Fonchi from Knox family was the, uh, was the pass on and they wanted their ashes and then the, they would have to knock down the brick wall because they're bricked up to stop vandalism. Yes, yes. And that, uh, but they could still be used. So and are still used. Who's the Von Schieflin Knox family? How are they the, related to Hapan? The Hapan House, the big house out here right. in Bahena, this Bahena House, was uh, the Knox family. Right. Marianne Knox was killed by her lover, McNaughton, and McNaughton then didn't want to be known as Half-Hung McNaughton. So That's he right. jumped up and says, I'm not And when we were going up, and if you went out of the house on Tidy Open Craigan or, or anyway, generally in the city, your mother would bring you in, skip you, would slap and tidy up, wash your ears and say, you're not going out of the house looking like Half-Hung McNaughton. Eh? So these are going well then, the tours are going well, yeah, people are interested. As I was saying, in case anybody gets different, uh, some of the tourists and visitors in previous years have turned up dressed for Halloween. Aye. And it was I was mortified. Why? Because they were dressed and we were going around looking at serious stories about our... But at the end of it, in order, because we had just started, I said, look, I'll, I'll do a bit of research here. Why? And it was my fault. It turned out that our tours were at 1pm. 
all the festivities were kicking off at 3 p.m. So people Our tour was in at half and they were saying, she must, we just wouldn't have had time to get back to the hotel. They dress up their children all. So I was it was my fault. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? Do you help out in these tours in the cemetery? I was actually just thinking there, something I've forgotten about. Aye. There is like a macabre, ghostly story associated with Cecil Francis Alexander. She wrote a pulp poem called The Legend of Stumpy Bray, or I think uh, it was called. You know who Cecil uh, Francis are? All things uh, bright and beautiful. beautiful all and creatures wants, great and small. Wanton Royal David, David City. City. And, and there a, is a green hill uh, without a city wall. But apparently she wrote this poem and uh, this, that Ulster Scots dialect and it has that feel about it. So I was thinking, I was actually thinking when you were talking there, Seamus, about um, it would be something we could kind of associate with Halloween. Well, there's a boy. I must stick out the poem for yourself, do you? There was a guy rang me one night <laughs> and he said to me, he came out of a Celtic bar and he couldn't get a taxi, so he took a shortcut to the cemetery. Yeah. And he says he could hear somebody singing All Things Bright and Beautiful mm-hmm. down at that. And I was going, maybe just had a few in him, you know. Is she buried in that yeah, cemetery? She's, she's buried she? in where she wrote the poems, All Things Bright. She wrote the poem and I believe that she was inspired by it, but there's a dispute. Because she's fissing the St. Colm's Cathedral and uh, just up, up mm-hmm. here, yeah. fissing the courthouse the, the, where she wrote the poems. Yeah. And looking out the window, there's a green hill far away without a city wall. Yeah. And that's where her, one of her hands is. There's a green hill well, far you see, away the, the without whole, a city The whole dispute is, for a long time, there's this legend associated with said that she was inspired when she looked up at the Cragen. Wasn't right. the Cragen? She was inspired by the green hill. But then others say that the, the poem was published in 1848. And it wasn't until about 1867 or 1868. Yes. And reports at the time said the the the, the tenement there, you know, the, the building that they were situated on where was, was in the same spot as where uh, a theatre had a flourished from the eighteen forties, eighteen fifties. So we knew where that was because well, it's a long story, you know, about members showing you about the brickwork oh, and that. It also turned around as uh, that a new um it was the same location as a purpose-built cinema that appeared in 1912 for a short period in the fountain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were able to actually, when I take people around the fountain, you know, they can tell them exactly where this murder took place. Right. You know, exactly where. I was showing Seamus yeah. recently. But what happened was, strange case, yet in 1881, um, this old pensioner, Buchanan, his next soldier, he was in his 80s. Right, and they suffered from cerebral cerebral palsy, so he could hardly move. And he, he, he smoked, you know, he probably smoked the tobacco. But he was married to this girl anyway, originally from Donegal. And um, her name was Elizabeth Buchanan, her married name was Elizabeth Buchanan. And she was in her 30s. But all of a sudden, um, one day he's found, well... She alerted the authorities that she went round the corner on the artillery street and brought the authorities up. But she said that her husband had committed suicide. Right. And that the gun was beside him, right? Okay. But the people, you know, the, the experts, they looked at it and they said, no, you know, um, first of all, he's in his 80s, he could hardly barely move, you know, he could, first of all, he shit himself. He was completely dependent on her, you know. Yes, yes. Um, 
And then what also happened was that there seemed to be an axe, seemed to have been taken to his face. Right. Smashed him with an axe. And then the gun taken and shot to make it look, she was trying to make it look like it was a, a suicide. You see, right? So it was a big, big case at the time, and people would have, you know, in those days there was no TV, no, no. video, no. And people would have flocked to the, 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 court, the, the courthouse to hear all the evidence, you know, Aye. this was a, the, the, a great ex, ex, excitement. Entertainment. It was entertainment, you know. And um, so it was a big, big case at the time. And she actually denied throughout the trial that she had uh, killed him. Was she charged uh, with murder? She was charged with murder, you see, right? And um, she denied, she was cute enough to, you know, um, because one of the things that came out was that when she had killed him, she had washed the blood stains in cold water. And apparently back then, if they knew that a few washed fresh blood in cold water and would have got rid of the stains. Right, right. You know, so she, she was able to do this before she even went round and, and um, reported the, 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 the crime. But um, so eventually she's put in a trial. She denied throughout the whole trial she had done it, you know. And um, but all the evidence was just stacked against Aye. her, you know. Aye. And um, but what actually happened then? So she was found, the, the jury found her guilty of murder. Right. And what they did, they realised that this woman had mental health problems. Okay. You know, and you think about the Victorian period too, you see a lot of humanity, humanity, you know, coming on the society. Right. And the jury actually took pity on this woman. Right. You know. And, no closure. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they actually took pity on the woman. She, they turned around, you know, the, says, you know, because of the, the, the way the evidence was so much against her, they had to find her guilty of murder. But they... Um, when they did, they turned around and said, look, we, 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 we think this woman's, I can't say. Not the full show, so <laughs> whatever. You have to say. Aye, not the full show. Right, do. right, right. If I'm good, this goes out, I'm going to get hanged. Well, <laughs> you know, we're not allowed no, to no, say no. those things. And, no, but that's what people of the day, aye, that's, that's what people would have been hanged if they had uh, put the black but, cap on. Well, you see, that's what, what happened, you see, right? So the jury... Um, Found her guilty yes. of murder. Yes. Realised she wasn't a full shillin. And um, they, 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 they asked for clemency. Yes. They said to the judge, could you write to a higher authority to get this this sentence commuted? Because you knew it, you know, back, back then. So what happened? The judge put on the black cap. Right. And she had remained expressionless throughout the whole trial. But you see, when the judge put on the black cap, her expressions... Expression changed, you know, and um, so the, the the judge found her guilty of murder, and said he had no choice but to uh, sentence her to be hanged. Right. But he says I've got a letter here from the the, the jury, asking me to write to a higher authority. He says, which will I will do. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope I'm not you know holding up out any hope for you. Right. You know, but but um, so so we did. So the judge um, wrote to the higher authority. Who would that have been, I wonder? Oh, you know the way back then, everything was all structured. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And you find a lot of those cases. On the, 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 see, everybody thinks about all these multiple hangings mm-hmm. and, and the, 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 the Derry Jail. There was actually very... From when it was redeveloped in the, around 1823 until when it was um, shot in 1953, a period of 130 years. There was quite a, a, hand, a, a, a 
handful of Higgins. Right. They not? Dad Jay Lynn in the 1970s, and the right. thing, one of the men contacted us was on the tower mm -hmm. and says they discovered two bodies. Is that right? Lead lined coffins. And I said to them, I did their boots on. This is way back in 1970. He says, aye, that's what we noticed. They still had their boots on. I said, well, we researched that. There was a boy Rooney, wasn't he? Killed his killed somebody up in Maherfield. So the trials were held in Derry. Right. And they were only two. And when they knocked the jail down, they must have forgot they were in Terran. So when they were rounding them up, and were trials around it, he said somebody from Coleraine and the police came and took them. We're wondering where they are. But why, why did you know they had their boots on? How did you know? Because we went back to the newspapers and okay. went to trial. Right. And there used to be crowds together. This was entertainment. Mm -hmm. This was in watching sure. forensic files yeah. on Netflix. Uh, and this, this was standing up in the courthouse listening to what was going on. Or doing your nothing while they were getting home outside so that jail. You always think about that, don't you? The, the scar to pumper nail, the old beeman. Nothing to match in the... Executions. The executions. What happened in that case of that uh, the, the, Buchanan? Mrs. Buchanan, well, what actually happened was that before she was to be hanged, word came back. Probably was Dublin Castle. You know right. Dublin Castle? That's right, that's um, right. The word came back to say that they were commuting the sentence and um, they, I think it was penal servitude for life. Right. So that was okay. The word came back and then the, the, what had actually happened as well, the jury realised the woman wasn't a full shilling, right? But this week, Gary Buchanan had been brought up in a wee area, Mallon or somewhere in Donegal. Right. And when the, the news got back to the people in that area, they mm. knew her as a week year. Aye. They wrote to and said, this girl here, we knew her as a youngster, and she wasn't, I hate saying that, she wasn't a full shilling. She was, she was, she uh, was vulnerable. Vulnerable. That's a, a, a word. Modern word, 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 yeah. Modern word. So she was vulnerable, and um, so the jury <laughs> realised she was vulnerable. These people who had grown up with her, knew her as a, as a child, knew she was vulnerable, and um, so the sentence was commuted anyway. And, she, and then what I heard then, what I read was that she was taken away to Mountjoy Prison in, in Dublin. Right. And then for years and years and years, I always wondered what happened to that woman. Aye. I don't know, it was just curiosity, Aye. a little way curiosity grips your mind. And then some years ago, I actually discovered a history of, I think it was Mountjoy Prison on, online. And I found a ref, like a paragraph or a few sentences about, about her? this woman Buchanan who had been sentenced. And um, it said that she had spent 10 years in Mountjoy Prison. And then she was sent away to the, the colonies or whatever. So she could end up in Destray or somewhere, you know, to, 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 to finish off her sentence. Aye. It's a fascinating story. And is, are you saying, is there a ghost link with it up in the, up in the fountain? <laughs> People claiming. Whenever they say it, you don't know, maybe just coming out of, well, like, geez, we have a few on them or whatever. But here's a story we were, we don't want to They hear squealing, do they? Did you say to me earlier yeah, on? Aye, noises and all. Aye. But anyway, there's, we don't want to recently. Right. Because it was the 100th anniversary, one of the most brutal, horrible, killing uh, periods in our history in the city. It was the 1920s. Aye, Four aye. people killed in 1920. You're doing a book of that? We're doing a tour up, right? And we just remembered then, there was 20 people, it was, this place was a classical Bosnia, mm -hmm. up around the Bishop Street. Aye. We found two, two of the graves out of Glendermont, Rankin and Dobbin. And then there's the fellow who was shot in Cross Street, he's buried out at Ardmore. Right. Um, but then we found other ones who were buried, buried up in the city cemetery. Aye. Yeah, yeah. What were you so, saying about Halloween, Seamus? 
young got chicken tours. Aye. We were reluctant, but the people they asked us, and this is Aye. because basically the tourism people in Derry and people were saying, well, people do not come to Derry. They lie on sun loungers like we do when we go to New York. They come to Derry for a history. Aye. And that, and we do, and it is, it is, it is a, a, a magnet for people. Yes. But we have found out things very accidentally mm -hmm. that fascinate foreign visitors mm -hmm. by accident. Like and what? I'll give you an example, right? Mm hmm. I was taking a group of them around the old Victorian section and the paths aren't very good there. It's still all oil, grass and gravel and I nearly tripped and fell. And I missed mm -hmm. a corner, a big marble headstone. And I got up and I said, Jesus, I said, that could have been me going. I said, that would have been me in front of TV for three days and all. And they were going, what are you on about? And I says, well, here, if you die here, he says, oh, I. you're going to a coffin and you're, you're awake I'm for on three that days. Thousand, all my friends come on and say, Jesus, look at him, he's looking brilliant, doesn't he? Well, you're lying to you. And they're going, boy, he amazes me now. And he goes, from Germany? And he goes, Seamus, you were making fun. You, you do not keep a dead body on house for a thing. And I was going, what are you doing? Ah, we do. We they're do. Going, they're going, they're going, it's like, that was fantastic. I can't believe it. Aye, aye, they're not used to that. That's deals, it's just normal. Aye, we but do. But them, as I'm saying, and they're going, boy's going, jeez, I can imagine me up, you know, mine. 960 stories up in a skyscraper Bye. in Brooklyn or something. And people making you their know, way up to Wakey. <laughs> well, what we found out as well, do you mind we came across, you see the people that migrated in here from the city, from Scotland, yes. and from Donegal, yes. and they brought all their customs with them. Aye. And Wakes became one of the highlights of the social scene. Aye. Aye. So we came across. I think we still are. We ended up. Some of them ended up in court cases because they used to do this truth or dare game in the middle of a week, and it was quite common. And then sometimes it got out of hand. Like what? I dare you to do this and you dare me. No, I was in the middle of a week and that. And then sometimes somebody got hurt from end up with court cases and that. But the week was this, that, it was like a social event. Aye, aye. And you can see this in Walker Square, can't you? And then... What do you mean Walker Square? What happened? Walker Square was, was ha in the middle of all this year with Farm Street and all aye, that area. And it was aye. It's been a very rough, tough it was rough, yeah. area in the city. And a lot of court cases originated from Walker's Court. There's two families fighting with one another. Right, right. One of the best ones was a girl, a young girl, married a person, and we had new buildings in it. And he had a bit of land in that, and she was a young girl. From Walker Square? She was from the bog side. The bog side. I don't want to get too close to people. Aye, aye, aye. But anyway. So she was a young girl, right. she was an elderly farmer, she was Kelly, she was Protestant. Uh -huh. And the family were, well, religion meant a lot then. They were death against this. So his family right? were death against and it? And they were death against it as well, but they married. But her family were also dead, the both families, right? And they loved, and not long after they were married, he dropped dead. Right, right. right. So where did they love? Do we know where they loved? The new buildings, general, okay. old new buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he... Was she dead or he died? She died. Uh, and he wanted her buried as a Protestant, his uh, wife, even though she owned his wife for a couple of weeks. Aye. And the family was, so they went out and they stole. They, stole they were the in court for stealing the body and the coffin. And they're up in court. But they got it. From they, they went out to New Belton, stole, stole her it. body back, brought it back to Walker Square yeah. in the 1920s. 1920s. And your man had connections in the B specials. Right. So he mobilised them and they all headed on the Walker Square to, to, get, the to get this. And this girl was going to have a Protestant burial because she, she uh, whatever. Aye. And there was a big standoff. Right. And they sent for the priest and the priest got the Catholic, the RIC men, the official policemen. Aye. 
both them were McNamara and Murphy from Aye, down the country. And they came up and they told the be specials, they go away <coughs> for the shit. And uh, she was buried as a Catholic. And we're still, <laughs> but and do you know where she's buried? Have you, have you got her graves? Aye, but anyway, going by the court reports, because the, the people that took the thing, they were charged with a theft of the coffin and a shroud valued it. You know, all this Aye. and that. And her whatever. family were charged blah, 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 blah. for bringing her. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it seems to me, even though it was so serious like and so sad, but at the same time, it was like something out of a, a Carrie Long film. People coming running on the Prehend Road, galloping away with a hearse in the backs and people chasing after them and, and negotiations and that. Aye. And that was all down. You do know that that cemetery could very easily have been non-denominational. Right. Meaning you were done and you were buried there. But, but is it not, two, not, is it not yeah, non-denominational? Two churches protested strongly at it being non-denominational and wanted a Catholic section and a Protestant section. Right. One was Basilic. So we have this absolute nonsense. We, we get embarrassed telling it to people. Right. Because say people come over here and they want to visit Canadians that Aye. die here during the Second World War. Aye. We take them to one military graves. And there's one guy in particular, his best friend that I grew up with, served me, fought the Nazis, died together. He's buried up there because he's a Catholic. Aye. Yeah, so even the Catholic and Protestants are separated in there. There's like a peace line goes in the middle. Is that right? Aye. Didn't know that. And that side's the Protestants and that side's the Catholics. So what if you're... up in Belfast, they actually... They have a wall. This isn't unique to here because oh, yeah. we've got a picture of a cemetery in Holland. Aye. And the man was Where a Catholic and the woman was a Protestant and they had to be buried in a separate section. But the, the, the family got a unique headstone with two hands going up over the wall mm. and clasped one by one now. So one's buried in one side and one's buried in the other. And then there's this like tombstone going up. The two hands coming together. It's amazing, sort of. One of the spookiest parts up there is the the, the poppers pants, the pearl pants. Where are they? They're, they're on Mark. So they just look to you as if it's a. We used to think it was a plastic play when we were younger because there's no headstone. But there's about eight. And the Catholic and Protestant poppers had to be buried apart. Even? Right? Even the poppers? Even, even that. And the people, the poor people, and from the lunatic asylum. Now you have to realise that some of the people in the lunatic asylum were on for epilepsy. Aye. Aye, we need to stay the epilepsy. Aye. Uh, and that, and epilepsy is angry. But just to think, because you started taking Aye. people, you know, it's so sad. And, uh, but there's a lot that goes on up there. Like what? It's lost. But do you think, uh, when we were young boys, it used to be it used to be the biggest shortcut to either go and watch Derry City playing the Brandywell mm-hmm. from Craigan. Aye. Or to go fishing down at the river. Aye. And we were out fishing at the river, and it was one day in secondary school, we climbed over the wall. Aye. And me and my friend, he smoked those of us sitting about the tombstone. <laughs> he got up and he squealed. I squealed because he was squealing. He was running. There's something coming out of the tomb, right? Right. Oh, I love it. Right? <laughs> McGreer, to us. It was a rabbit. Oh. Rabbits are all over the place. Up there. They all come out of the things. Oh, it's actually they're responsible a lot for the tombstones, the, the headstones falling. Bomb forward. People blame them on vandals, but it's Aye. actually, they dug down. Now, we've been told, if you ask the guys who work in the cemetery, they'll tell you more stories. They know a lot more now. They've been there a lifetime. But if you search when the rabbits go digging down, some of the ladies were buried with beautiful gold and silver and diamond rings and that and all the time the rabbit meant to get up there so you never know you're lucky to keep it would there be any graves to graves robin like in Derry? It was grave robin and there uh, Derry Derry wasn't famous for that. It was more like Belfast and that it was if you had a university with a medical school. Aye. 
You're talking about the body snatching. Aye. There's, a, there's a, a, a strong association for the city, isn't there? One of the no broken hair. No broken hair in Edinburgh, the biggest body snatcher. Uh, one of them was from here. One of them was from Derry. Yep. Which one? Oh, here, I think it was there. I can't remember now. Well, it, it was either here or Derry, I think. And there, there's a bit of a dispute, but there's a possibility one of them had a, a strong connection here to the city. There's wee things up there. Do you know that everybody up there, where possible, has to be buried with their feet to the east, towards Waterside? Aye. And then you notice when corpse coffins go into chapels, they all go feet first. Aye. Except for Catholic priests, where they go on head first. Why is that? And about, it seems it's something to do with the resurrection. Okay. Coming again, that you get a wee, you get a wee sneak preview for the rest of it. Right. That's what I've been told. I'm not sure. People still say they heard squeals coming out of the lunatic asylum Aye. down there with Asylum Road. Aye. With Asylum. And then you have the story of the workhouse over there with the 13 steps. Aye. Going up. And people's on about over there. And uh, there's bodies buried all over the place. Because burying people back then, prior to the cemetery, it just all mattered how much money you had. Aye. Where would you have been buried prior to oh, the cemetery? Saying that prior to the cemetery, and I know people would probably just dump the body somewhere and hope somebody else with a corporation would pick you know do you yeah. have to avoid the, the whatever Sweet. you come out there what do you call it they called them the potter's fields Aye. and then they called them the pampers and then sometimes they're referred to as the public ground and a big sad thing we've discovered mm-hmm. if you go to the city cemetery or any cemeteries around Derry mm-hmm. you see some of these beautiful military headstones fusilier ex gunner way of the Royal Artillery and all this here and when we've researched most of these people there from nineteen from the first World War period up there. Actually died of fever over in Edmonton Barracks. Right. Some of them got knocked down. Some of them died by accident. So One of them was even killed. They get caught cheating in a carriage school and the other boys stabbed them. And there they are in these beautiful Aye, military graves. graves. Right. And not far away from them is the Popper's Platz. Yes. Where the people out of the workhouse in the lunatic asylum were buried out of reusable coffins. Aye. Right. And then men had fought at Passchendaele and the Somme and all that and they ended up off the rocker. And I'm thinking, that's not very fair, is it? No, that's not. You know, our wee story with the Palmer's plot is the people that work up there. The reusable coffin from the workhouse is still in the museum. Is you it? still see it now. It came out in the open. And one of them was telling their grandfather, you know the Palmer's burial ended after the introduction of the welfare state in right. 1945, 1947. Right. right. So after that, there was... the the, the power plots were no longer used. But anyway, one of the older men there's father, or grandfather, remembered come doing the thing and he was telling that uh, they had a, a pile of ash that they got from the gas air, which right. was not far from it. Aye, that's right. Whenever they buried Pampers burials and they're trying to get as many as you can on the as small space as possible. And what they had, the, the, the grave diggers had, was that they put a layer of ash over. Right. And any time they were digging and they had a layer of ash, they always knew that you should ne- never put that grave down any further. And that. But there's so many stories up there. Uh, uh, the history of the world's up there. So many serious stories. So many humorous stories. So where can people get in touch with you then, Seamus, for we're these tours? We've got our friends at Derry City Cemetery site and we are number nine of 120 things they do in Derry. Right. And believe you me, for us only been a recent thing, and as being volunteers, yes. we get paid for this, this is voluntary. And not there because it'll stop the vandalism. And uh, we're very easily contacted, and we've actually got films on YouTube too as well, which are very popular throughout the world. Right. But uh, the stories up there are uh, absolutely amazing. And there were 
at the time of the grave robbers, there were actually metal bars pushed on top to stop Aye, them. People from robbing graves. And there was actually reports of people being buried fist down. So, because the, the Victorians, you know, Dracula and all that, they were Aye. obsessed by the afterward and afterlife news detail. They were thing that so people requested that they died to be buried fist down so they couldn't you know, rise up and look Dracula. It's all true. So they couldn't rise up? No, you know, like rise, you know, like Dracula, Aye. rise up off your Like the undead? And, uh, and the undead. And uh, it's just... So we would recommend it then? It's highly recommended? Well... Do, do uh, the two do them together, aye? Well, it depends. It depends yes. on the other. There's no point having two years if there's only three people or whatever. It depends on numbers, but it's becoming very popular. People, they call it dark tourism, right? And now, when uh, you think about it, here's a wee thing for you, Ireland. One of the most famous and most visited cemeteries in the world is Père Lachaise in Paris, right? Aye. It's on a hill. Uh-huh. The guy that designed Derry City Cemetery, Stuart Murray, designed uh-huh. the Glasgow Necropolis, which is on a hill. Mm-hmm. And you're over in Glasgow, and the Glasgow Necropolis, mm-hmm. close your eyes, open it up, and you'll swear you're in the Derry City Cemetery. Right. The design same design. Same. Right. But he took the best design features for Glasgow Necropolis from Perlisier when they were studied it. Aye. And then when I got the contract for Derry, he just did the same again. Him again. So there's a direct link between Perlisier and Derry. And Derry. That's a good note on which to, to, to finish this. Um, I thank you very much for coming in. I really, really enjoyed that. Come in, you have to do the tour. I will do the tour next week. I promise you I will do the tour. Yeah. Listen, thanks a million. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next, we have local storyteller Cadgeny Kelly to tell us the poignant tale of Cicely Jackson. On St. Patrick's Day 1725, Cicely was the last woman in Derry to be burned as a witch. Burning times in Derry. Shh. Shh, Mammy. I am here. I am with you. I see you entombed in this dark, dank room. I hear you sobbing with quiet despair. Your anguished tears have stained your gaunt, careworn face. I scent your desolation, your despair. Shh, shh, mommy. This terror will end soon. But let us leave a petrified Cicely Jackson prostrate on her dirty straw mattress on the hard, cold floor of Derry Jail. It is St. Patrick's Day, 1725. People, curious, fascinated, angry, pious people are milling around the pyre just outside Bishopsgate. A woman I recognise is standing there unobtrusively. She is quiet, lost in thought. I remember how gently she nursed me once and stroked my cheek 
and sang my final lullaby. Sicily, Sicily, it is for the grace of God that we all, she thinks sadly. Your friend will be there with you at your end too, mommy. Let us move on. In his plush palace, William Nicholson, the Anglican Bishop of Derry, is pacing the polished parquet floor. He is feeling anxious and uneasy. He wishes it was all over. You were his diligent, loyal servant, Mommy. You worked your young fingers to the bone, keeping his home spick and span, warm and comfortable. You trusted him. But William Nicholson remains silent. He does not tell what he knows. He shows Cicely Jackson no Christian charity, no mercy. George Berkeley, the renowned Dean of Derry, is hiding in his magnificent library. In 1739, he will establish a foundling hospital for London's abandoned children. I wonder, was it your death or mine? pricked his conscience 14 years later mommy the small crowd falls silent as a frail skeletal girl her hands bound is led to her funeral pyre she is stupefied by the horror of her impending fate exhausted she is dumbly compliant her eyes are sunken and unseeing in her bowed head as she is tied to the stake. Shh, shh, mommy. I am here. I am with you as the crackling flames lick about your feet and dread stops your heart. Dead. Cicely Jackson is engulfed in a ferocious blaze. In the ascending circle of fire, Cicely Jackson and her newborn infant are reunited. They are in a celestial place where there is no more pain, no more suffering. Cicely Jackson, the last woman in Derry to be burnt at the stake. Shh, shh, mommy. I am here. We are at peace. You and me and the nine million European women put to death as witches in the pitiless 16th and 17th centuries. The witches, the healers, the teachers of the wisdom of the earth. Jadid, Catch, thanks for coming on to What's the Bars today and telling us your story about Cicely Jackson. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me on the What's the Bars podcast. It's a great honour. Thank you so much. So who was Cicely Jackson? Cicely Jackson was the last woman in Derry to be burnt at the stake. Now, we don't know much about her, but we know 
that she was burnt at the stake because she had a stillborn baby with the Anglican Bishop of Derry's nephew, James Nicholson, who I actually found out recently was ordained a few months before the baby was born. Um, I really want to do her story justice because it was such an unjust way that she died. She did not deserve this in any way and it breaks my heart every time I think about her. Um, yeah, I just, Cicely Jackson was accused of being a witch and accused of murdering her baby when in reality none of that was true. So when did you write the story of Cicely Jackson? I wrote this story when I was quite young um, and I was competing in the Dairy Fish at the time. Now, I'm not sure of the year. I think it must have been the 90th anniversary because I think they had a special competition for stories about dairy. So I wrote the, comp the, the story for that competition um, and I was like, what is a story about dairy that, I, that would never have been told? That is not a usual story that could be told and when I dug a little bit into the history and I found out about Cicely Jackson I thought it was the perfect way to tell a story about Derry but also to tell a story that deserves to be out there in the public eye for people to know about their history and know that, that it wasn't just the Salem witch trials this happened on their doorstep and that responsibility needs to be taken for this history so I called it the burning times in Derry. At this time of year, we think of witches as women with black cats, brooms and warty noses, but that's not the truth, is it? At Halloween, there is this very, you know, this very stereotypical view of witches as ugly women, you know, like your Wicked Witch of the West or from um, the Wizard of Oz, where they're green, they've got warts, some big noses, and they have their pointy black cat and their broomstick, and they go around with their black cat. But Cicely Jackson was burnt as a witch because she was pregnant and gave birth out of wedlock to William Nicholson's nephew, James Nicholson. And because they were powerful men, they accused her of being a witch and of murdering her baby. So he could get away without the, having the responsibility of having to actually care for his daughter. Also, because of the class system in place, you know, it would have been scandalous that the servant girl was pregnant to the bishop's nephew. So they had to get rid of her some way and they executed her. In cold, like, there's, there's no nice way of putting it. They killed her because they wanted rid of the evidence, basically, that... The bishop's nephew could could do such a thing could like could have a relationship with the servant girl because that would have been looked down on at the time um the patriarchy was is strong now and was very strong in 1725 and it's hard to believe that nine million european women were put to the death as witches in the 16th and 17th centuries i i find it hard to believe and I think that this story is so important to tell because people often think, oh, it didn't happen in Derry. It happened in uh, England and other places and the Salem witch trials. But no, it happened on our very own doorstep, which is very sad to think. Aye, that is right, Catch. Not a lot of people would know that. How would you remember Cecily Jackson and women like her? 
uh, one of my favorite ways to remember these women is to think of them as the, the souls, the beautiful souls that they were. And I think uh, Christy Moore puts it best in his songs, which I reference at the very end of my story. He says, the healers, the teachers of the wisdom of the earth in his song, Burning Times. And I read that quote a wee while ago and I thought that this could work with Cicely's story as it sums up who she was. She was a young woman, a lovely soul, and she was treated horribly. And like I think it really does sum up the witch burning phenomenon perfectly. I don't understand why we were taught to fear these women. I never will. Because if a man was doing that, they would have been seen as great and revolutionary. When a woman challenges men in any way, they get defensive. And not much has changed. Not much has changed, really. But there is that element of, you know, she may have wanted, she probably really did want the bishop's nephew to take responsibility and ownership of what happened. And she challenged this perspective and they had to, had to get her to stay quiet um, in whatever way they could. Who knows um, why we were taught to fear these witches, but the ones who burned them were the ones that we really needed to fear. What do you hope to achieve by putting stories like this out there? I hope that telling Cicely's story will really help get the word out there and more people can do research into the story and find out the truth behind the tale and really like sympathize with her because she did nothing wrong. She trusted these men and these men hurt her and they were horrible to her and it makes me so angry when I think about it. So I just want to do her justice and all the other women justice that were burnt at the stake and accused of being witches. Thank you, Catherine, for giving me this uh, little platform to tell my tale. Thank you, Kat, for telling us your story. And finally, we have Jim Collins. Jim is the project manager of the Northwest Carnival Initiative, and he'll be telling us about Monday's eagerly anticipated Derry Halloween Carnival Parade. So you are back in business now after a two-year hiatus for COVID. Yeah. And is it good to be back? Oh, it's brilliant. We're really looking forward to getting back on, out onto the streets again. I mean, we, as a result of COVID, obviously, we had to restrict what we'd done. So it really meant there wasn't that much kind of in-person activity. Most of it was online. Aye. You know, so we're, we're, we're glad just to get back to what people consider normal. And what have um, you, how long, has it, how long have you been working on now? What's going to take place next Monday week? Well, next Monday week is the, the kind of finale of the Halloween festival, which is the... the Carnival Parade. Mm -hmm. So basically, we uh, our kind of job is to, to, to organise a parade and uh, get all the groups engaged in it and get them all dressed up and dancing around the streets, basically. How, do, what, what, how many groups would you say are involved in that? Uh, it it kind of varies. This year, we have more dance groups than, actual, right. the, than, than community groups. The town's awash. We various hip-hop groups, Irish dancing, ballet, you name it, you know, so... Uh, I mean, obviously, we have the, the, the usual community groups. Uh, so we, we, we have about 30, 35 groups uh, in total. What's your reach across the town? Well, uh, both uh, right across the town, you know, East Bank, West Bank, you know, representing all communities. I mean, the, the whole idea of 
carnival parades from our point of view it's a it's a civic celebration mm-hmm. so it's important for us to put groups out that are representative of the various communities you know, and is so. there a theme for this year's parade Hi, there's a theme every year uh it's on the ninth wave right. is the theme now for anybody who doesn't know what the ninth wave is the ninth wave is like a like a magical, mystical uh, portal right. to the other world. Okay. You know, people will, will obviously be aware of a lot of the parades we do. We try and celebrate the local and and, and kind of engage with that uh, in terms of exploring the various themes. And there's no more kind of fantastic, fabulous stories than within Celtic mythology. Right. You know, so we, we, we try and draw on that. Previous years, we... We focused on the, the triple goddess, the Morrigan. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who don't know what the Morrigan is, the Morrigan is a shape-shifting uh, goddess, and she takes the form of a raven. And right. the raven, if you like, it heralds impending doom, yeah. or death and battle. Uh, again, the, the, the famous depiction of the Morrigan is the raven on the on the shoulder of Cuhon, mm-hmm. the, right. the, the famous Celtic warrior. And when the raven landed on Cuhon's shoulder, his enemies knew then that he was dead uh-huh. you know so but uh, the, as i say the ninth wave water and and it for our ancestors was very sacred right uh hence the kind of you know the significance of holy wells and and every form of water should it be a river you know a river or a lake there's always some sort of myth or mythology associated with it mm-hmm. so as i say the halloween I mean, a lot of young people associate Halloween with a trick-or-treating. Aye. And it's more kind of American-type culture. But what they fail to realize is Halloween was brought to North America by immigrants. Yes. Predominantly, you know, from the Celtic countries in Scotland and, uh, and Ireland, etc. Uh, you know, and a, a, good, a good example of that is modern-day pumpkin carving. Yes. Which is, again, associated with Halloween. Was directly... Uh, that came from Irish people going over and bringing their customs and their traditions with them. They used to carve turnips. Which took you a week. Aye, exactly. (laughs) We didn't have anything as exotic as this pumpkin. That's right. So turnips was the thing. And they actually look a lot more frightening. They They, do. They take a lot more work. They do. uh, (laughs) (laughs) They do. You know, so uh, as I say, for us, it's important to celebrate the local. Aye, Uh, aye. And uh, going back to the whole notion of a, a portal, Yes. Halloween kind of traditionally is the time of year when the, the, the so-called veil yes. between our world and the other world where the spirits live is at its most weakest. Mm-hmm. So that's the time when the ancestors and the spirits visit this world, yes. this realm, if you like. And uh, people w- w- will probably know of fairy forts, yes. standing stones, and th- that's somewhere we'll go and that's where the spirits live. The ninth wave is another example of that. Right. Water is, is if you like, a, a highway to the other world. Right. So the ninth wave is this mystical, mythical kind of place or, or being or kind of uh, body of water right. where the spirits come visit. And where is that? Is, there, is it an actual place? Is that down at the tons in the, in the foil? No? No, no. As I say, it's mythical. It's uh, everywhere. Wherever there's waves. Waves or water. The ninth wave or water, that's that's where the, the at, at, at Halloween or Shoyun is, is, yes. is the, uh, the, the, the kind of the feast yes. that people traditionally celebrate at Halloween. Uh, you know, so it's, it's good. It, it, it's a good kind of, uh, if you like, vehicle 
for artists to engage with and for communities to engage with in terms of what can we dress up as. You know? And are you working in any big character pieces to go through the town? Is that what you used to do in your work? And do you have a workshop? We have a workshop up uh, in Craigan, yeah. uh, up in Rathmore Business Park. Yeah. Uh, well, we tend to... We do produce large pieces. Aye. We have done in the past, but it's quite time-consuming it and involves a lot of money. And resources are always finite. We tend to use our money to engage the groups and provide workshops for the right. groups. And, right. and you know, and, and I mean, they physically, you physically cost them six hundred people. Cost a considerable amount of uh, time and effort and money. So you so do that. We do that. Yeah, uh, but they, they uh, design their own costumes, or they. Well, we, we would give them. We'd give. We talk to them about the theme. Yeah. We would already come with kind of ideas, but they're not fixed. Uh, so we try and give them an opportunity to make their creative imprint on what we produce. So what we tend to do is is go out and, like for example, because the ninth wave is the theme, uh, we're drawn out of sort of water based yeah type uh, stories and fables. Uh, uh, and a typical workshop would be to make because again because it's Halloween, uh, and it's it's we're kind of preparing for the for the onset of of, of wonder. Yes, and that's the right that's where it comes from. Aye. People celebrate at that time of year because it's the last kind of daylight of, of summer and autumn. Uh, so there's always feasting associated Aye. with end of harvest and whatever, and people light bonfires. Uh, you know, unlike the some of the contentious bonfires now these were bonfires where people came together and, and, and celebrated and feasted so we'd make lanterns yes. some of the lanterns this year are going to depict skeletal fish right so again it's it's drawn on that water based uh theme and there's a wee bit of eco 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 awareness as well too yes well not well we, we always try and do that because obviously society now it's it's quite throwaway mm. and you'll you'll probably people will have noticed in the past i'm yes. sure you've spoke to our contributors about where ha why Halloween became so big in Derry. You know, where did that come from? You know, and that's where ordinary people, uh, you, you remember yourself as a Wayne. Aye. If your mother, there was no pawn shops in them days when no. you went and spent a pound and bought a plastic face, you know, false face. Aye. Uh, or, or a plastic costume aye. that came from Taiwan or China. And it's okay, if, if, you know, uh, but it leaves a lot of waste, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and they're, they're they tend to be one use only. So what we try and do uh, is, is if, you, if you like, reinvent the costumes we have and reuse some of the materials and costumes we have with an emphasis on trying to reuse, recycle, Aye. reuse. When did you start your workshops? When did the workshops start? Well, the workshops started last month. Uh, the preparation for Halloween Aye. itself. When does that start? It, it begins almost... The Almost, week after last Halloween. Aye, I mean, we obviously need a rest a little bit, but that's where we'd sit down and, and work up the theme. The theme's very important for, for running aye. the parade itself. As I say, it's on the ninth wave. Last year, the, the last time we were out, it was the the, the awakening. That's right. And that's we right. had themes like the City of Bones, uh, the Return of the Ancients, the Rise of the River Gods. Again, we were drawn on water themes there. Aye. Most of the uh, most of the rivers in Ireland are, are uh, named after women, aye, or woman goddesses, right? Uh, so again, it's a celebration of that, you know. Uh, so some of these characters you'll see again. You won't aye. see the Morgan, you won't see river gods, aye. and the the most famed, I suppose, river god or water based god is Manannan McLear, aye, who's that's the, right, who's the, the the Celtic god of the sea. Yes. So he's actually going to lead the parade. And is that going to be a person? 
That'll be a person uh, on, on a kind of water-based chariot. Chariot. Uh, How many of these work up on the uh, Carnival Initiative? Well, you mean, I mean, I'm the only full-time employee, okay, okay. but we, we engage each each kind of, uh, each time we have a Carnival Parade, which is predominantly, primarily Halloween and St. Patrick's aye, Day, aye. we, in, we uh, involve and uh, employ loads of artists on a part-time basis. Aye. But there's probably a core of six main kind of key artists who you know do the creative side Aye. but w- without the help and support of you know dozens of volunteers we wouldn't be able to deliver what we do Aye. and yeah. who funds you jim well our fund our, our kind of principal funder is dairy civil's Land district council right we have a self service level agreement with them right right and the uh it's basically because we have delivered organize the organization's been in existence since 2005 that long? Oh, aye. aye. And we have kind of consistently delivered community participation. Yes, you have. Uh, and that's been acknowledged by council who have come on board uh, with that level of funding. Aye. And in addition to them, we're funded by the Arts Council through the National Lotteries. Right. Yeah. Right. Is there anything I haven't asked you, John, that you want to get across? Uh, probably, but it's easier if you're prompted by a aye. question, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose. Do, do you ones enjoy it? Do you find do you find it difficult to engage young people? No, there's no problem at all. People are, as I say, if you look at Halloween yes. uh, specifically, there's a tradition there, Peter. Dresden. There isn't there. Yeah. You know, so you're pushing an open door. Aye. I think that you know the council uh, eventually got on board and realised people are actually you know the the first Halloweens. Aye. They weren't driven by the local authority. No. They were driven by ordinary people. Getting together and Getting costumes. Together. Aye, and that was the kind of the dark days or the black and white days, as my son would say. <laughs> you know, when it was things were dreary and, and they, they were kind of desperate sort of times. Aye. And it was Aye. a way where people could let their hair down Aye. and just forget about their, their woes and their troubles. Uh, you know, so as I say, that was already there. Aye. That groundwork had been done by Aye. ordinary citizens Aye. doing it of their, off their own back. Aye. So it was, we, we, we didn't really have to work hard to actually get people involved. Is there creativity in the town, is there? That's a wash with creativity. I mean, but, you know, it's like there's creativity everywhere. Yes. It's about tapping into it. Yes. Derry's not unique. You know, there was, you know, there, there, there's... I mean, I could talk about the year of culture, where, yeah. where Derry had this title of being the UK city of culture. Uh, Derry was not remarkable in that sense. There's creativity everywhere. There's mm-hmm. creativity in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. There's creativity in Stravan. There's create. You know, it's a matter of giving it the the, the support. Yes. And the resources that the ordinary people they actually they, they throw it off them Aye. and show how well that they can uh, be creative. What's the most surprising thing that has happened to you involved in this job? Has anything really, really ever surprised you? Uh, well, I suppose I've always been involved in kind of community activities, Aye. so I've always seen that. But it's been, you know, it's been down the bog where I loved. Aye. You know, uh, it gave me an understanding that we weren't kind of... There were things unique about the bog, Aye. obviously. Uh, that whole kind of sense of self-help and people getting together and not relying upon anybody else. Mm. People coming together and saying, what do we need and Aye. how do we get it? Aye. Uh, but uh, it gave me a, an appreciation of that sort of feeling, that that belief, that creativity runs right across the city and district and right across the communities. So you're tapping into that? Aye, 
Aye, it's there. It's out there. It just needs to be, as you say, tapped into. And do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy your work? Ah, of course I do. As I say, all my and all my work in life has been involved in engaging mm-hmm. with communities and trying to give, like, trying to help communities uh, through the arts articulate themselves. You know, so. One last question I have to ask you about: um, How do you feel about the, the the fact that people are actually opposing the parade? Is that a wee bit contentious on religious grounds? Aye, it's a bit surprising to be honest. Uh, but uh, all I would say is each to their own. Aye. I mean, I, I don't think they're representative of the vast majority of people. I think the vast majority of people can think everything that's happening in the world right now, and they, you know, some people believe that we should oppose uh, a community uh, celebration. Uh, I find it quite, quite odd to be honest. But as I say, each to their own. Uh, We'll organise what we'll organise. Things like that will will never stop you. you No. Do you take part in the parade or do you watch on from the sidelines between your hands, your fingers, looking between your fingers to make sure? uh, Are you a nervous wreck on the night? It's all over? You do be because, uh, you know, there's obviously, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that you're responsible for. Yes, yes. You know, and then you have the whole issue of the weather and there's all sorts of things that you can't control. No, it's true. It's the things that you can't control that causes me vexation. there's times I wish I was back as a punter yes. and dressing up and having a crack. I, I we'd be flat out for months Aye. prior to it. The parade's finished. I'm exhausted. Aye. I just go home and fall on the sofa and Aye. pass out. Think about St Patrick's Day. Aye, aye. You know, at much there's times when I wish I had I, I had no responsibility aye. for anybody's fun or safety at Halloween. Aye. I could just enjoy the crack. Do many people normally turn out to that parade? Uh, uh, at it or no, participating? Well, participating, aye. Ah, you're talking several hundred. You're six, five, six, seven hundred. And is it bands as well? Too? Does, are the Column Kill type band? Are they aye, in it? They're kind of... They're, they're Staples as well? Aye, aye. Uh, you know, we have, we have the... The drummers? The samba band from Band the Screen. Uh-huh. Small but massive. They yeah. traditionally show up as well. Uh, and then the exciting news this year is that the Carnival have, will have its own... Uh, Northwest Carnival Samba Band, so that's. Have you formed that, or uh, has? Uh, we we have, we have formed our own band. Many so be, many people are in that. There's a, I guess there's a dozen, you know. Who's training? Who's training them? Uh, Sean uh, Sean Derry. Right, uh, right. He, he's training them, and he's super excited, you know. Is it going to be up the front? Are they going to be at the front or in the middle, or? No, we'll put them further back. Uh, they're probably still a wee bit shy and a wee bit <laughs> worried about being on the spotlight, but you know, in addition to them, as I say, there's a samba band from Alna Screen. There, there is the Colin Kill Pipe Band, and we also have Spark, which is that you know the fantastic drumming Aye. band from from England who, who showed up the last Aye. number of years. So it, 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 musically, it's great. Aye. As I say, there's tons of there, there, there's over ten dance groups. Aye. Uh, you know, so they they're, they really are excited. And what's the route? What's the route this year? So where would be the vantage points then if people are well, coming route, to the praise? Uh, the route starts off at the Council Care Park. Yeah. And yep. we leave there, head up towards uh, Bolton House Lane, mm-hmm. down over Bolton House Lane, up the Strand, straight on up past the City Hotel, right. round the roundabout and straight up the expressway towards Aye. Ambulance, past there at the roundabout and back down, straight down the expressway and finish up the car park again. Brilliant. There's loads, loads of places. There needs to be loads of places Aye. for people to, to, to watch it, simply because there's tens of thousands that, that come out each year. Yeah. All I would say to them people Aye. is dress up Aye. I can see that there's less and less people dressing up. Aye. Uh, that's where the crack in the fun is. You don't have to be a consumer of culture. You can, you can be a creator of culture. 
and I would encourage people to dress up, even if they're putting a bum bag over their wings, head, couple of eye, eye holes in it, you know, there's so much, so much you can do with so little. Aye, it space for its nose, we can aye, breathe. Aye. You don't have to spend to give. That's right. Listen, that's a brilliant note in which to end. Jim, thank you very much. Uh, it was lovely to chat and really enthused me for the uh, parade. Well, there you have it, everyone. Why not take Jim's advice and dress up and go and watch the Halloween Carnival Parade? I hope you enjoyed the wee bit creaky Halloween Dairy News podcast, What's the Bars? Let us know what you thought, and if you have any ideas for future podcasts, don't hesitate to get in touch. Slam! <laughs>